the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back, April 13th, 2021. I'm thinking about Minneapolis today. I used to go there a lot for work. And the phrase you kept hearing there until you visited there and got to understand what it really meant personally was the phrase Minnesota nice. It really does abide there. But Minnesota doesn't seem to be in a nice mood these days, does it? Chelsea Handler tweeted out, quote, Why would any person of color ever comply with a police officer when there's a 50-50 shot of getting accidentally shot? Accidentally, in quotes. As our friend and criminologist Wilfred Riley responded, a serious issue for the debate right now is that people genuinely, ethically believe dangerous nonsense like that. Your actual risk of being shot by a cop as an unarmed black man using Washington Post data is 1 in 333,333. One in 333,333. That's not exactly one in two. But think, too, how dangerous this nonsense is. If you want to see more people in whatever group flee or resist arrest, this is what you tell them. To not try and flee or resist means you will die or be killed or at least have a 50% chance of dying and being killed. It's rot. It's untrue. It's a slander. It's not close to true. And it leads to more people resisting arrest. Wouldn't you resist arrest if someone told you that you had a 50% chance of being killed if you didn't? Truth. It's a dangerous, it's at a dangerous discount and discounted by blind adherence to noxious ideology. Even if the ideology were not noxious, it's still not the truth, and thus it's still dangerous. For example, you read today about the riots in Minnesota. As the police were trying to quell the riots, rioters were shouting, hands up, don't shoot. That phrase comes from a lie, but represents the anti-police, innocent black civilian shooting narrative that has fueled so much of the sentiment we face today. It goes back to 2014, Dateline, Ferguson, Missouri. The Washington Post, of all places, wrote this about that phrase. Hands up, don't shoot, links directly to Michael Brown's death, and it went viral as a phrase. After the shooting, St. Louis Rams players raised their hands as a symbolic gesture, entering the field before a football game. Protesters chanted, hands up, don't shoot, during rallies after a grand jury in the state's case against Wilson decided not to indict Wilson and Brown's killing, Darren Wilson's. The phrase and gesture were on signs, T-shirts, hashtags, memes, and magazine covers. It even has its own Wikipedia page. 
In November 2014, a grand jury decided not to indict Derek Wilson after finding that witness reports did not match up with the evidence that it was a bad shooting. Other witnesses recanted their original accounts or changed them, calling their veracity into question. In particular, the grand jury could not confirm at all that hands up, don't shoot narrative the way it was told. After the shooting on December 1st, 2014, four members of the Congressional Black Caucus repeated the gesture while delivering speeches on the House floor titled Black in America. What Ferguson says about where we are and where we need to go. Each of the members held up their hands and the image image spread widely online. Yet the Department of Justice's March 4th, 2015 investigative report on the shooting of Michael Brown found federal investigators could not confirm witness accounts that Brown signaled surrender before being killed. The department's descriptions of about 40 witness testimonies show the original claims that Brown had his hands up were just not true. Some witnesses who claimed they saw Brown's hands raised admitted to federal investigators they felt pressure to tell that narrative that was being spread about after Brown's shootings. Others recanted their initial testimony, saying they had heard it through media reports or via social media but didn't witness it themselves. That's the truth. Not that Michael Brown was innocent or a racist shooting of a black man took place as the black man was surrendering? No. Michael Brown was being stopped for robbing a convenience store. He tried to grab the police officer's gun in the struggle between the two. Query, why is there a struggle between an arrestee and a police officer? During that struggle, the police officer's gun went off twice. I'll repeat that. The police officer's gun fired two rounds because of the struggle with Michael Brown. Michael Brown also was crouching to charge at the police officer who shot him. This is twice after the gun went off, remember, because of hand-to-hand battle between Michael Brown and the police. Yet the narrative is exactly otherwise. And hands up, don't shoot, which was never uttered in Ferguson, is shouted at almost every riot, such as last night's. The message could not be more clear. The police are the enemy. That's one take on truth and how its discount costs human lives. John Hinderocker shows another aspect. Most of the Twin Cities metro area was under a curfew last night, he says, he writes, leading to cancellation of a Minnesota Twins home game and other sports events. Rioting and looting were widespread in Brooklyn Center, where the police encounter with Dante Wright took place, and elsewhere. The National Guard was deployed along with local law enforcement, to try to limit the damage done by rioters. Brooklyn Center's chief of police held a press conference in which he referred to the riot, in which one of his officers was hit in the head by a thrown brick and had to be hospitalized. The assembled reporters, in their invincible ignorance, denied that they had seen any riot. I'll translate the audio for you from the press conference. Brooklyn Center Police Chief Gannon Quote, I was front and center at the riot, close quote. Reporter, there was no riot. Gannon, there was a riot. The officers that were putting themselves in harm's way were being pelted with frozen cans of soda and they were being pelted with concrete blocks, close quote. The correct term apparently should have been mostly peaceful protest. 
The Star Tribune, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, on the other hand, knows how to toe the party line. Its news story fails to describe Duante Wright's struggle with the police officers in his attempt to flee the scene, instead decorously saying that, quote, he slipped back into the driver's seat, close quote. Then we get editorializing. Once again, a black man died during a police encounter. In an instant, the world's focus on Minnesota shifted from the trial of Derek Chauvin to a new outrage that brought street protests, promises of reform, and anguish over a relentless pattern of deadly police misconduct. For this, calling a riot a riot and saying he was not planning to resign, the city council sought the police chief's resignation, and he has, in fact, now resigned. Was it not just yesterday I was reciting where the war on cops rages most fiery, crime is at its worst, and is on the rise? One small example. From Los Angeles and Houston to New Orleans and Minneapolis, the political response to the unrest over the past year has led to depolicing and a resulting record increase in violence. Already bloody, St. Louis hit a 50-year homicide high a rate of 87 per 100,000 residents last year, a rate three times higher than Mexico and Central America. As Milwaukee announced slashing 120 officers from its police force, the city saw a 98% increase in killings. Philadelphia hit a 30-year high with 500 homicide victims in 2020 and more than 100 in 2021 thus far. As progressive district attorney Larry Krasner has dropped half of both drug and illegal gun cases, police have reduced vehicle and, redu- and pedestrian stops by 72 percent. In 2020, overall arrests fell by a third, including a 20 percent drop for violent crime. Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw grudgingly admitted the public officials' attacks demoralized police, encouraging depolicing. Over the summer, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler he defunded the Portland Police Bureau by 12 million bucks and eliminated three police units. Chaos engulfed the city and shootings went up 173% and murders jumped an astounding 255%. To quote Carmen Best, former police chief of Seattle, remember her? Quote, I'm done, can't do it. It really is about the overarching lack of respect for the officers. Close quote. She's not alone. Across America's 50 largest cities, at least 23 have seen chiefs or line officers resign, retire, or take disability this year. Nearly 3,700 beat cops have left, a large proportion from the New York Police Department, but with big drops in Chicago, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Atlanta, and elsewhere, too. The major cities chiefs association told the Wall Street Journal that 18 of its 69 member executives had retired, resigned, or been fired over the last year. Oh, small note to the story. Vice President Kamala Harris, who has nothing to say about serious and multiple sexual assault accusations against the governor of New York, Vice President Kamala Harris, who has had nothing to say about the border crisis, which she was put in charge of three weeks ago with nary a press conference, speech, or interview. Vice President Harris weighed in on something that is not really a matter for the president's or the vice president's purview, a police stop and shooting in Minnesota. She tweeted, quote, prayers are not enough. 
Duante Wright should still be with us. While an investigation is underway, our nation needs justice and healing, and Duante's family needs to know why their child is dead. They deserve answers, close quote. Duante should be alive. The answers seem fairly plain as to why he isn't, though. You had a person wanted on an arrest warrant who was pulled over for driving on on expired uh, on expired license plates. That person then resisted arrest. In the resist, a cop made a terrible and horrible mistake, but parades of horribles start from single horribles or singular horribles. He had a warrant out for carrying a weapon without it being registered. Democrats tell us this should be at the height of enforcement. No? Enforcing gun laws? In any event, that crime was one. Crime two was not appearing before the court, hence the warrant. Resisting arrest was what then led to his being shot. Wrongly, of course, but query. Do we have a resisting arrest problem in America or a cops shooting innocent people problem in America? We can keep going down this road, confusing the fire with the fire brigade, grabbing fire hoses when there are floods. I'm reminded right now of C.S. Lewis, though. He wrote, the use of fashions and thought is to distract men from the real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is in the least danger and fix its approval on the virtue that is nearest the vice with which we are trying to make endemic. The game is to have them all running around with fire extinguishers whenever there's a flood and all crowding to that side of the boat, which has nearly gone under. Just so, nonsense in the intellect has reinforced corruption in the will and in our politics. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Bill's in Scottsdale. Hi, Bill. Off the top of the uh, top of the hour here. Good to talk to you, man. How you doing? I do great. Well, that's good because if you're doing anybody, you'd be me. I, I I didn't feed you that line. I was curious to see how you were going to handle it when I didn't feed it to you. When I was an uncooperating witness, when I was a hostile witness, if you will. Oh, so you're being a Democrat, are you? Well, I just thought it would be interesting to see if you had something else in your uh, bag of tricks there. No, not really. I'm a, yeah, I'm no, I like phone. it. Consistency. I love it. It's good. Hey, so listen, you'll probably know this. Uh, I think it was George um, Joseph Goebbels who said, if you repeat a lie often enough, people will believe it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. And... and that is that is the Democrat playbook today. A bit, uh, um, I think it's something like if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually believe it. So it has to be repeated and it has to be big. The bigger, the better, right? Exactly. Do you remember a film called um, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance? <laughs> I've given lectures on the film The Man Who Shot Liberty okay. Valance. You want me to do it one so this Friday? I'll do it again. It's a great so the movie. entire film it's is an, yeah the entire film is an exposition about something that happened about thirty years earlier right at the at, through, through a, a newspaper man interviewing the, the state senator that's right excuse me the U.S. senator U.S. senator and 
Right. And he, um, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Right. And at the very end, the editor takes his notes and rips them up. Yep. And the guy, why did you do that? Yep. Because when the myth becomes reality, yep. print the myth. Yep. 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 When a choice between the reality and the myth go with the legend, or legend and reality yep. go with the legend. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Now, the question then becomes why are we doing this to ourselves and allowing it to take place? Did you see Rashida Tlaib's latest? Oh, my gosh. What a pig. Did you see what she wrote? Oh, yeah. It wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Duante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I am done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration incarceration and militarization and militarization it can't be reformed okay they're telling us who they are folks they're telling us who they are now nancy pelosi had the chance to support rashida talib's primary opponent in the democratic party nancy pelosi supported rashida talib I'm sorry i mean it, it, today i'm not i'm the widow of that uh capital officer i spit in her face get, get out of here i don't want you here Bill, I think, I think, I think the rest of the country is by and large with you, but it's getting hard to tell. It's getting hard to tell. This is the danger of losing a free press, which we have lost. The free press is acting like Goebbels, you know, machine, just printing the lies one after another. The question, the the other question I have, you may, you, you may have a theory on this, Bill. The other question I have is, you know, do the press know they're doing this? Do they even know that this is violative of all standards of history and common sense? Or do you think they don't even think about it? They just have this ideological duty to paint everything in racial terms. They're 30 years old and they just don't know that much or otherwise. Which do you think it is? Do you think it's deliberate or do you think it's... Uh, They've been living in, in, in a politically correct cave that has so warped their sense of common sense that it's just not our common sense anymore. I think it's a combination of both. Okay. I, think, I, I think the level-headed older journalists yeah. are, are being forced out of the, of the business. Yeah. Yeah. And you're left with the ideologues on the left who, are, who have been there for 30 years. You know, the, um, the Chris Wallaces of the world. Yeah. The... And then you combine those with the the useful idiots yeah. from the twenty five to thirty five group, yeah. Yeah. who or just have this this penchant you just said, just yeah. repeating the slide because it's easy. See, I I almost People wonder. Are, yeah, I, I uh, go back to the beginning of your call. I almost wonder if the earlier generation, your Chris, Chris Wallace generation, and he's not the worst of them, right? He's not great, but he's not the worst. But that generation, that generation. <laughs> I wonder if that generation did it deliberately, told the lie with their liberal biases, and this generation, the younger cohorts, are just now all having been bathed and raised in it. They're just the part of the believing group now. There's a lie, and there's a repetition of it so that people will believe it. The older generation may have been the liars. The new generation may be their progeny. Raised in the cave, raised in the false narrative, raised in the lie, bathed in the culture of everything has to be seen through a racial lens and from a liberal left point of view. You're welcome to say more if you want. i got to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. 34 past the hour brings us our dear friend John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. And you can hear his show every Saturday at 7 a.m. right here on 960, The Word on Wealth. He'll get your weekend going for you. Culture and economy update. John, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Seth? Great to hear you. People uh, may not remember. I was I was reminiscing about this last night with mm-hmm. a friend. A year ago this time, Yes. do you know what seemed more valuable than rubies? <laughs> more valuable than Bitcoin? Yeah. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Do you wow. remember Americans turning again? It was like Thunderdome. Yeah. It was, uh, what was that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad in it, was it, or something where they were fighting over the, the Christmas toy? Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way, Bill yeah. tells me. Kind of, it was kind of like that, wasn't it? Now, what we've come to learn is there's a paper, toilet paper glut. Yeah. Americans have too much toilet paper. Sales yeah. slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, one could do an economics 101 on supply and demand and elastic supply and demand just on the toilet paper on toilet story paper. Yeah, you of know, the it was past funny. year. Remember uh, Seinfeld episode? Yes. They couldn't spare, spare a square. square. Yeah. You bet. Well, now, we, uh, apparently, there's plenty of squares to spare. They are, there are now. Now, what's interesting, because this goes to the whole thing about experts. I remember people were asking the Surgeon General, should you leave your groceries outside? <laughs> do you remember all that business? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Groceries outside. Sure, sure. Spray down. So now the but listen to the experts, right? But that's what they were telling us. Now the CDC says the risk for contracting the virus from a contaminated surface is less than one in ten thousand. Right, right. Trust the experts. Well, when when they talk earlier or when they spend a year thinking about it? Yeah, it's whenever uh, the wind depends on which direction the wind is blowing. I guess it it really because you might catch it in the wind as well. So it really is. Now I the other thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, because I mean, it's boy diseases. There are things that you can that there's science and experiment and understanding and fact about, mm-hmm. and you would think science lends itself mostly to that, but not novel viruses. Not novel viruses mixing with public policy. They don't. You know, it, it, no, and it's it's really uh, sad, Seth. When I see a picture in that article that you're talking about it was in the Wall Street Journal yeah. today about the toilet paper. Uh, where there's, you know, the shelves were completely empty. Anyone who remembers a year ago, if you went out to the supermarket to buy water, to buy uh, canned foods, to buy boxed foods, you know, pastas, and everything was off the shelf. Yeah, everything was I gone. Denuded it, shelves. It really was, uh, you know, at that moment in time, a, a scary reality for a lot of people because we had never experienced anything like that in our generation. And so I would hope that. This would be a little bit of a wake-up call for for the CDC next time something like this happens. Maybe not to create such John, uh, John think about a scare. Think about this irony of where we are now compared to then. So a year ago, a year ago, the shelves were empty and people were walking around in the grocery stores without masks. <laughs> Because Fauci said we don't need masks. Now the shelves are full and everyone's wearing masks. That's how the experts roll. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But I mentioned Bitcoin. Right. And there is some news on it because Coinbase, I guess, is going public, right? 
Yes. So Coinbase, uh, which is, is the trading one of the trading mechanisms, one of the trading mechanisms right. is going to actually be coming to the public market on Wednesday. And uh, what's amazing about this is is the the amount of money that is involved in this and the price that they're putting on this of two hundred and fifty dollars potentially a share. Uh, the the dollars of this is is crazy sixty billion dollars as to a, as much as a hundred billion dollars they're saying is what it's expected to price at. Mm-hmm. I I I don't even like talking about this, Seth, because it is such an unknown at this point. It is such a a risk, an unknown risk uh, to to cryptocurrencies right now. I don't want people to get too ahead of themselves on this. I don't want people to think, I've got to get in. I've got to get in. I don't want to miss it. That is the type of uh, investing. Again, you're talking about investing emotionally here. Uh, it, it doesn't usually end well. I'm not saying that it couldn't be a sound investment for the long term, but don't invest in these cryptocurrencies or these platforms because you think you're going to you know, win the lottery in a short period of time, just make all sorts of money. It usually doesn't work that way. It usually doesn't end well. If you look at the electric vehicle market right now and some of the stocks for the electric vehicles, uh, they ran up and they came down hard and they're they're not really moving much right now. So people who bought in at that higher end are sitting on these investments and they'll probably be sitting on them for a long time. Will they be bad investments? I don't know yet, but I would just say be very cautious if you're going to enter into the cryptocurrency market. Be prepared for large swings in both directions, and don't be emotional about it if you're going to get involved in a five- or a ten-year period of time. For tomorrow, John, I want mm-hmm. to ask you a question maybe you can think about for tomorrow uh, sure. based on this. Is it a good strategy to say that before you invest your money, you should kind of understand (laughs) what the product is. Boy, if we go to buy, uh, sometimes we do more investigating on buying dish detergent maybe than, you know, reading the label of that rather than investing in, you know, our stocks. No kidding. So, yeah. Let's do that tomorrow. Definitely should. I I agree. Sounds great, Seth. Thank you. Visit again our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Listen to our show, The Word on Wealth, Saturday mornings. KKNT at 7 a.m. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finra and Sipic, and an investment advisor. Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Bill, are you still there? I am still here, amazingly enough. The debate I had in my own head was to interrupt Dolly Parton for you or not. Well, you picked wrong. <laughs> I chose poorly? Yes, yes. Is that the challenge. line Is that the line from uh, Indiana Jones? He chose poorly? Yeah, and the, uh, and the uh, Last, Last Crusade. Crusade. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, you chose wisely. Yeah, he chose... He chose. Poorly, yes. Um, but I mean, the, the, poorly. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Very good. You're a producer on top of it yeah. today. Well, the thing is, we have like <laughs> ten tricks. It's like a dog that knows ten things, and you stumble into that one. Luckily enough, we may just have it and look brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Yes, um, the, the, the 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 press has become. We were talking about that before. 
there was a discussion on Fox. I can't remember which show on Fox it was. But they were talking about the 60-minute hit piece on DeSantis. Did you see that? Yeah. 60 Minutes? Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know if I saw that Fox panel, but I, I'm well aware of the 60 Minutes hit piece. Yes, 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 yes. You bet. And, and what and what has happened now is the press used to be, even if, even if you were, um, you know, Bernstein, you had an idea of the story, but you went and you... The press today creates the story yeah, and then goes out and frames the dialogue to present the story that they've created. I give you um, I give you Nick Sandman, the Covington Catholic High School kid. Is there a better example? Uh, um, well, no. I mean, I... I yeah, I well, there are. I, I said that rhetorically. That That's a perfectly good example. They created a whole national stir based from one ideological perspective, from one scene of a lens. But you get it with these shootings, too. You get it with heads up... Hands up, don't shoot. You get that there, too. I mean, even, even um, um, you know, the, um, the, the, the shooting down, the, the nightclub shooting down in uh, Florida. Yep. Remember? Yep. That was, that was all about some white guy going in hating homosexuals. Right, right. When it had nothing to do with that. Didn't it have to do with radical Islam? Yes. 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 Yeah. But that didn't go with their narrative. No, neither did the re- most recent Capitol Police killing. Exactly, and that's why those. And, and how about how about the killing of um of that Uber driver in Washington? Gone, in zero, car? nothing to see here. How about the shooting in Boulder, which took more lives than the shootings in Atlanta? Nothing to oh, see yeah. there well, either. Oh well, well, yeah. Well, well, Kamala Harris' niece, you know, uh, tweeted that. Oh, another white guy yeah. goes, yeah. You know, and then she had to take it down. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's time and time again. I mean, you, you, what infuriates me is these, you know, the, the post, I forget, oh, the post by the uh, governor of the state of Minnesota, you know, a black, uh, a, a young black man's life taken by the police. Yep. Well, here, how many policemen's lives have been taken by young black men? Right. 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 Far more. You know, hundreds. You know, you have maybe 10 to 15 in the, well, about 20 in the last two years of um, shot and killed who were unarmed. Mm-hmm. During that same period of time, you have almost a thousand police officers killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would, more, it would be an interesting country. Remember that old bumper sticker? What was the? How did it? How did it start? I don't remember it. I know you remember it though. Wouldn't it be a great day when the schools have all the books they need, and the military and the Department of Defense has to host a bake sale? Remember, remember those that kind of bumper sticker nonsense. Wouldn't it be a different country if the attention that was that was that was put on these things inaptly was reversed and was put on every single killing? of a man or woman who every single day puts on a uniform to lay down their life for a community they live in but do not know. Wouldn't it, in other words, police, wouldn't it be a different kind of country if the media focused on every, there's been 97 police line of duty deaths this year, 97. 
Can and anyone remember? Can anyone remember one national story about a one of them? A one of them. Zero. That's Zero right. national stories. That's right. That's you, right. You know what is it? This is like the third or fourth uh, young black man killed this year at the hands of police. Is it okay? There's been 97 okay. police officers yep. killed, yep. and the vast majority of them are killed by black men. And that's the other. That's the other. You know, elephant in the room. You know, most of these police executions are not by white men or white black women or Indian women or Indian men. They're by black men. And, you know, and some... We just, we just had a guy, a guy in New Mexico executed yesterday or two days ago on a routine traffic stop. And to be honest, I don't know the ethnicity of the guy who killed him. You know, which makes me think he was black because there's no ethnicity, so they must be trying to hide something. I suppose I suppose in all of this bill there's a few different tragedies. Do I have time to do this? Yeah, this is important. Jeff, don't go away. We'll get to you. Uh, Bill, stay with me. Uh, this, this, is, this is as deep as it cuts. Uh, stay with me. We're okay. going to pick up on this. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Bill, um, I want to cut deeply here for a moment because I said in my monologue, and I think I'm right about this, every – obviously, every, every, every bad shooting – Listen, anything that results in the shooting and taking of a life is a terrible thing. Whatever led up to it, whatever the fault, whoever the fault, any loss of life, horrible. We stipulate that as a as a as a as a, as good civilians in a good society. That having been said, the major cases that we see, from Michael Brown to Mr. Wright. Duarte Wright in Minneapolis, George Floyd, you name it. You name the case. The question is, do we have a police racism problem or do we have a resisting arrest problem? No, we have a resisting arrest We have a resisting arrest problem. Now, now let me me go one step deeper. Let me go one step deeper. When you have idiots like Chelsea Handler and many in the communities throughout our community, throughout our country, in the various communities throughout our country, say things like she said this morning, which is if you are a black man being arrested by the police, you have a 50-50 chance of dying, being killed. Okay, she says that, and that's a very famous, well-known talking point. But if you grow up, if you're a young person of color growing up with that message— Of course you would resist arrest. Of course you would. This is the price of the lie. I believe people sincerely are idiots sometimes. I believe they are criminal sometimes. And I believe they believe they're fleeing a force that is going to give them death if they are caught by it because their community told them the police are pigs and the enemy. I believe they have been raised to believe that resisting arrest is the smarter move. Well, I, I think that's a contributing factor in a lot of these cases. I don't. I don't know about all of them. I think some of these people are just simply morons. Yeah, some are idiots, but, some are criminals, and some have been mistaught. 
Yeah, I mean, the, but not I mean, by the, 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 me and not by you. No, by the left, and and, and because the left, their their modus operandi. It's not about race. It's really not about race. No, nope. and it's not about safety. And it's not. It's about power. Yep. And they want to control people in order to maintain their power. And that's why every everything with them is a lie. Oh, oh, these Jim Crow laws down in Georgia now. You know, I, I, I just want one Republican to have the guts to say, Jim Crow laws? The Democrats have nothing to do with this. Hmm. You know, because Jim Crow was all Democrat Republicans, laws. Republicans, yeah, Republicans have nothing to do with this. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. no yeah, the it's, Republicans it's, have it's everything their, to do with their, Yeah, great point. Their movement, their talking point. Not our movement, not my talking point. I like, <laughs> I like that, Bill. That's good. Well, bless you, sir. That we got a lot done there, um, and I'm welcoming more. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. <laughs> 